discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. What a blessing. Are you glad to be here? Let us, let us pray. Father, thank you for this great opportunity that we have this evening. Thank you that as we hear your word, we are blessed. And you bring us great grace and great wisdom through your word. Thank you for impartations from your spirit. Thank you for changes. Thank you for blessings released through your word. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. Wow, what a blessing. Are you excited to be here? Ask your neighbor. Neighbor, are you excited to be here? What did your neighbor say? You're excited? Beautiful. Are you ready? All right. So on um, Sunday, I started sharing with you, with us on um, how to live the new life in Christ, if you remember. How many of you remember? Beautiful. That was part two, isn't it? So this will be part three. And uh, I gave a point that the new birth is... um, I get a point that your spirit is just like Jesus, if you remember. Your spirit is just like Jesus. Yes, I was sharing with you on um, how that in your spirit, in our spirits, everything is, is perfect. There is no problem. Everything is okay. Your spirit man is identical to the spirit of Jesus. Can you imagine? That inside you are so beautiful, inside you are so perfect, inside the real you, you know, is just like Christ. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 6, verse 17, the Bible talks about the fact that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is what? One I join to the Lord. Yeah. If you are joined to the Lord, it says you are one spirit with him. Your spirit is just like Jesus' spirit. Do you see? It's an amazing reality. You, you have to believe it. If you look at the outside, you realize that you don't look like Jesus at all. At all. Do you see? And the whole Christian journey is a journey of Conforming your soul, allowing your soul to conform to what has happened to your spirit. 
You see, that's, that's the whole Christian work. The outward man is made up of your, your mind, your soul, and your body. Do you see? Your soul is like a junction between your spirit and your body. Your soul can either be given over to your body or to this world, or your soul can be given over to your spirit for your spirit to use. Your, your soul is like a, it's like a tool, it's like a microphone that you use. It's like a phone that you use. Do you see? It's like a, um, um, a TV that you use in your house. I mean, it depends on, it depends on you. Hallelujah. So your soul can either, that's, that's, that's the, new, the new birth happened to our spirits. Okay? It didn't happen to our flesh. It didn't happen to our, if you were, if you were short, you don't become tall after you get born again, isn't it? I mean, Didi, I mean, it not, I mean, it doesn't affect the height. Yes. See, uh, Agatha, did it affect your height? Did it affect your height? I mean, as you were, so are you. <laughs> you know, but something actually did happen, but it happened to your spirit. So your spirit man is born again. Your spirit man is a new man, and your spirit man looks just like Jesus. You know, one of the points under this particular point is the fact that you are complete. The spirit man is perfect, complete, and sealed. Your spirit is what? Perfect, complete, and sealed. So you can write that point down. Spirit man is perfect, complete, and sealed. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Look at Colossians 2 9. Colossians 2 9. It says, For in him, for in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Then verse 10 says that, And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. You are what? You are complete in him. Do you feel complete in your body? Do you feel complete in your mind? I mean, if you feel you are complete in your mind, let's bring a test right now. The exams let, makes us know whether we are complete in our minds or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is what I'm talking about. So, it's not, it's, it didn't happen to our minds. It didn't happen to our minds. It didn't happen to our soul. That new birth didn't happen to our soul. It happened to our spirit. And he says that your spirit man is complete. It's perfect. It's complete. It's perfect. It's complete. Your spirit man is like a, it's like a superman. Yes. That is why the Bible mentions that you are, you are called into the fellowship, okay, of the Son of God. God has called you and I into fellowship with the Son of God. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you see it, verse 9. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 9. The Bible says that now I'd be sick, 1, 9. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see? It says God is faithful by whom you were what? Called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship, you cannot have fellowship with a, with a one-year-old child. See, there was a baby I just saw some few minutes ago. You can't come home and then tell, your, tell that baby all your problems. 
you know, I've, today I've not been happy at all. You know, my beloved was, was playing around with me. He wasn't minding me. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't have discussions with the, with the, uh, uh, these babies. You can't, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. In the same way, your spirit man was not born as a baby. Your spirit man is not a baby. Your spirit man does not grow. <laughs> your spirit man does not grow. When we say spiritual growth, we are talking about the conforming, conforming of your soul to what has happened to your spirit. That's what we mean when we say the person is growing spiritually or growing up spiritually. Growing up spiritually has to do with conforming your mind or your soul conforming to what has happened to your spirit. That's basically what Christian maturity is. Your spirit man is, is, is same height, same age, if you like. Same there's the spirit. So there's, we can't talk about age. But what I'm trying to say is that your spirit man is the same as Jesus. Do you see? That is why he can have fellowship. You, we can have fellowship with Jesus. We can, you can't have fellowship with a child. You can have fellowship on a certain level. You see, but to have real fellowship, you know, just imagine a 27-year-old girl marrying a one-year-old boy. It doesn't work. There's something wrong, isn't it? Yes. There's something wrong. In the same way, we cannot fellowship with Christ. We cannot be in the same fellowship with Jesus if we are not on his level. So God put us on the same level with Jesus. See, I'm complete. In Christ. I'm not the one saying it. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And you are complete in him. You are complete in Christ. Who is the head of all principality and power? You are complete. Complete means complete. I don't know which, what you want to You are complete. Let's look at the Amplified. Tell anybody you are complete. complete. And complete means complete. complete He says, and you are in him, made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ. You you two are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. You reach what? Full spiritual stature. That's that's where we are. So your spirit man is is fully, full spiritual stature. (laughs) There's no space for development. And there's no space for reduction. You're on the same level. These are very heavy words to... Yeah, but it's not you. I'm not talking about your mind. Neither am I talking to your body. I'm talking about your body. I'm talking about your inward man. It's called the, he's called the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart. You see, your heart has qualities of your soul and has qualities of your spirit. Do you see? Your heart has what? Qualities of your soul and has qualities of your spirit. Your heart is a junction between your spirit and your soul. And your soul is a junction between your body and your spirit. Do you get it? Uh Your, Your soul is a junction between your body and your spirit. You see? Your soul can influence your heart. That's why the Bible says that out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Out of the heart proceeds fornications and theft and all of that. It's out of the heart, isn't it? But the heart is not, um, your, your heart is not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Do you see? Uh, Matthew chapter 15 verse 19. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. 
proceeds murders out of your heart, proceeds adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. You see, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. Goes on and on and on. You've changed it to amplified. Can you show us the King James? Verse 20 now. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So Jesus spoke about the heart. Okay? At the same time, when you look at um, Matthew chapter 13, it is the heart that has the word of God being sown in. You see, Matthew 13, 18. Jesus mentioned that a sower went out to sow. When he was explaining, he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Verse, verse 19. He says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown where? In his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So the word of God is sown in your heart. Okay? It's sown where? In your heart. Because your spirit man is also has influence over your heart. Your spirit man has something to do with your heart. So when the word of God is sown in your heart and you receive it and allows it to stay, your spirit man can now use that as like a planting a, a, a seed. Are you in the church? Yeah. It's like planting a mango seed into a fertile soil. There's nothing wrong with the soil. The soil is fertile. The soil is excellent. It's great. But the nutrients in the soil, okay, will have expression through the, the, the seeds that have been sown. The mango that comes out will have some of the nutrients in the soil coming out of the tree into the seedlings, into the, into the fruits for you to enjoy. Is it true? So when the word of God is successfully sown in your heart, your spirit man now has a means of expressing the love that is already hidden inside the heart. It's already hidden inside the spirit. Through the word of God that has been sown into your heart. Please, you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Then you see that you are bearing fruit of love. But you've always had love inside. You've always had love inside. You've always had love. love. The love of God. The love that you have is the same as the love of Jesus. Galatians chapter, chapter 5 verse 22. Look at Galatians 5 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love. The fruit of the spirit. There's one fruit of the spirit. Love. And out of love proceeds joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Next verse. Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now all these things are in your spirit. All these things are in your spirit. Are you in the church? Yes. yes. And as you hear the word of God concerning some of these things, the, your spirit man by the power of the Holy Spirit inside him now has a means of expressing love. You can get to a point where when someone slaps you, you will not slap back. You will share the word of God with the person. You will not slap back. Yes. You see, it's because you are saying, you are laughing and saying in Jesus' name because you look at yourself on the outward man only. And that's what it means when we say you are natural. A natural person is, the, is, a, is someone who just lives according to his five senses and lives according to what he can see, smell, taste, how he feels. That's all you live according to. And God wants that to change. That's why he's talking to you now. To not look at yourself, your, whole, your life based on the outside, but look at your life based on what is inside. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Are you in the church? Yes, sir. Uh, 
So in, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, look at Romans 5, 5. It says, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, not in our spirits. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So as you fellowship with the Spirit, the, the Holy Ghost starts shedding that what is inside you starts coming out. It starts taking what is already inside, the love that is already inside, and puts it in your heart so that your heart is filled with love. And now you can, you can be nice to people. You can be patient. You can be patient. You're, you are patient. You are, you are the most patient person in the whole world. Why? Because your patience is the patience of Christ. But it's hidden in your spirit. How will it come out? It will come out through the word of God being successfully sown in your heart. Do you see? Yeah. Yes. For, your, for, for the expression of the, the, the love of God in your heart to come out. Yes. That's, that's the Christian walk. So you are complete in him. Tell me about I'm complete in him. You are the best in the whole world. Now, focusing on that, keep, if you, when you focus on that, you see, when you behold, you know, on Sunday I was talking about beholding. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You need to behold the new things that have come. You know, in the, new, in the, in the Old Testament, there was a day when um, the children of Israel sinned. And God sent snakes, serpents, into their camp. And the snakes were biting them and they were dying. Many people were dying. And they needed God, God, uh, Abraham, uh, sorry, Moses went to ask God what the solution was. And God told Abraham to um, manufacture a, a, a bronze serpent. Okay, can you look for those scriptures and show it to us? It's in Numbers somewhere. He told him to manufacture or make a bronze serpent. Okay, and hang the bronze serpent. Numbers chapter 20, verse 1. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, unto, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Are you sure we are reading the right thing? 21. Chapter 21, please. Numbers 21. Let's read from verse 6. What did they do? Go to verse 4. So we see what they did. And they journeyed from Mount Hall by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. The way was too difficult. And the people speak against God. So they started criticizing God. Do you see? You shouldn't criticize God and say, God, doesn't he know? Doesn't he have sense that I'm here in this world and I'm suffering like that? All those who talk like that, sneaks starts biting you in the spirit. Yes. And the people speak against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of, the, of, of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathed this light bread. They were provided for, but they didn't like what they, were being provide, what they had been provided for. You know, it's just like a Christian who is not content with what God has given to him now. And is looking greedily at something else. Do you see? Covetous eyes. You have thousand cities, but you want ten thousand dollars, or you want five hundred five billion. You want five billion, so it's like that. You are not grateful to God for what He has given to you. No, you are going to have a problem. You have to be grateful to God for what He gives to you. The key to multiplication in your life is being grateful for the little that God has given to you. It's so important. If you are not grateful for what God has given to you, you are not ready for much. You are not ready for much. 
It's a spiritual principle you need to learn. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 19. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Out of them shall proceed what? Thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them. When thanksgiving comes out of you. Then you'll be multiplied. When Jesus got the um, five loaves with the two fishes. Which was nothing compared to the number that was there. It's like needing, you need $100,000. And you have 20 Ghana cities. Do you understand? What do you do? What, the natural thing you will do is to say, is to complain. Eh, I need $100,000. Look at me, I have 20 cities. What am I going to do? What is this? You may start criticizing God. You may start opening your nose to God. Mm? That's what murmuring means. It means to open your nose to God and do this to God. That's what it means. That's what, that's what it means to murmur against God. Yes, to complain. It's dangerous. What will bring the power of God to the scene on your life or in your case is to start thanking him for the 20 that you have. Start celebrating him for the little you have. You'll be surprised that it will start multiplying. <laughs> that's, that's how I live. That's how I live. Yeah. Small. Small. I have small. I'll start thanking God. Plenty will start coming. Try it. Try it one of these days. You'll be shocked. Hallelujah. So go back to Numbers 21. Let's look at these guys. They started, you know, complaining. Verse 6 now. And because they were complaining, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Yeah. You know what the serpent represents? The serpent represents the devil. When you start complaining, you open the door for the devil to start destroying your life. Yes. You open the door. You have just opened the door. The hedge that is around you, you have decided that, let me open it. The Bible says that the one who breaketh the hedge, the serpent shall bite. Yes. You break the hedge, the serpent shall bite. How do you break the hedge? Through complaints and murmurings. Have you read Philippians chapter 2 verse, verse 14 before? Let's read Philippians 2.14. Just because I'm talking about This is not my point, but I feel you should hear it. It will help you. It says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. It's clear in the scriptures. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Murmurings. God, uh, this Christianity thing, look at how difficult it is. Amplify says, do all things without grumbling and fault finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourselves. You see, fault finding and complaining against God. Not against another person, against God. Look at me. Look at how poor I am. So God didn't he know that I was going to be in this family. Why did he bring me into this family to come and suffer? Why did he do that? The more you talk like that, the more you're going to go down. No, because you see, you are completing him. All that you require for your life and godliness has been given to you. All that he has, I hope you are listening to me. 
all that he has given to you, all that you require for your life, all that you require for life and godliness has been given. Yes. All that you require to live the great life that he has given. That's in um, 2 Peter chapter 1. What I'm saying now is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So the problem is knowledge. I'm going to talk about that. You need to get to know what has been put inside you and live from there. You can be the poorest among the poor if you start looking at what you are supposed to look at. If you can take your eyes off the problems and look unto Jesus, change will start. Oh, yes. Change will start. Believe the word of God. And that, that's, what, that's the point I'm trying to make to you. You see, take your eyes. It says, looking away from all that will distract. There are distractions. There are things that are around you that tries to take your attention. But you have to look away from that and look unto Jesus. Look away from the hunger. Yes. Look away from the depression. And start looking unto Jesus. Start looking at what Jesus has done for you in Christ. Start thinking about it. And that's what these, these people did in Numbers chapter 21. That's what I, Let me show it to you. Numbers 21. Go back once again to Numbers 21. And the, the Lord did send for verse 7 now. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. God told him, Make a fiery serpent. Serpents abide in them. Make a fiery serpent. And set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon the pole, upon the fiery serpent that has been put up there, he shall live. Christ is the fiery serpent that was lifted. Yes. Jesus is that serpent that was lifted. <laughs> For us to look onto. John what? John 3, 14. Let's look at John 3, 14. Pastor says you look at John 3, 14. 14. And as Moses lifted, you see, Jesus said it himself. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Clear scripture. As Moses what? Lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For what purpose? Why was he lifted up? So that we can look to him and forget about the biting of the serpent. He says, when a serpent bites you, what should you do? Don't say, Ajay! No. My, my blood is it has poisoned me. You end up dying. He says, when you are bitten, what do you do? Look at the serpent. And the, the, the more you look at the serpent that has been, has been hanged over there, he says, you live. You will live. You will live. Yeah. It's the secret of life. Beholding. Our job is to behold. To keep looking. To keep looking at what Jesus has done. To keep focusing on that. Take your eyes from all that will distract unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. 
Yes. And as you look, you are changed. As you behold, you are changed into the same glory, into the same image from glory to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 18. Second Corinthians 3, 18. But we are with open face, beholding as in a glass or as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we behold, we are changed. It's called metamorphosis. Okay? You are changed. The way to change, the way for change to come into your life, eh? the way to change from having small income coming in to having plenty income coming in is not through investments, but looking unto Jesus. And asking Jesus what he wants you to do. As you look unto him and look into his word as to what he has done for you, he will show you which investments to pick. Don't just go and pick the investment. Look unto him. He will show you. Don't pick the investment because your friend said, Charlie, this is the money day inside. No. Look unto Jesus. As you look unto Jesus, he will show you. We, have, we are complete in him. We are complete in him. Our job is to keep looking at what is inside. Not look around. That's it. Let me show you some more. Can I show you some more? <laughs> wow. wow. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 to verse 14. Let me read these verses to you. It says, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which we will... Uh, Sorry, let me read one. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You are what? Sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus was sacrificed once for all. For what purpose? For your sanctification. For your separation unto God. Sanctification means to be separated unto something. In our case, Jesus died so that we can be set apart unto God. Are you in the church? Yeah. Next time I will go into it. Then it says, um, And every priest standard daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. This is the Old Testament prophet, so a priest was, were always sacrificing offerings, different offerings. They could, and the offerings couldn't take away sins. But Jesus offered himself once, and he took away the sin of humanity. He took away your sin, and brought you into righteousness, and set you apart unto God. What a blessing. Hmm. Verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, so he's doing a comparison between the Old Testament priest and the sacrifices, and Jesus Christ, our New Testament priest, and his sacrifice. He says the Old Testament priest offered so many sacrifices, which could not take away sins. But this man, which man? Jesus Christ. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, not all the time, he has offered one sacrifice for sins for what? Forever. Sat down on the right hand of God. Hmm. Next verse. From henceforth expecting to his enemies be made his footstool. Now this is so much, but not today. Okay, verse 14 is what I want you to see. For by one offering... For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. You remember, he mentioned that you are sanctified, right? By his sacrifice, you are sanctified. Now he's saying that by his offering, by his, the sacrifice of himself, he has perfected forever. Not perfected for some time. Perfected forever. Forever. So you as you are sitting here, you are perfected forever. You are perfect. Where? In your spirit. You are perfect where? In your spirit. Perfected forever. Them that are sanctified. So you are complete. 
you are perfect hmm? and you are sealed by the Holy Ghost. You are sealed by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Look at Ephesians 1, 13. You are sealed. So your spirit man is complete. Your spirit man is perfect. And your spirit man, spirit man is sealed. Sealed. There's nothing outside that can affect it at all. Why do we seal things? Let's say go and buy shito and they seal the shito. You see, shido. Do you know shido? Shido. Or you go and buy a, a phone and you notice that they've sealed the phone, isn't it? Yeah. Or a laptop. You see that they've sealed the laptop. Yeah. A, a TV. The TV, if you've not bought anything new, receive grace to buy a new thing in your life. Yeah. Receive grace to unwrap new things. Yeah. Second hand is over in your life. One day we were, we, were, we were taking rubber out of a big car, a nice brand new car. We were taking rubber out of it. And some of our guys were taking a video of it. As we were taking it, we said, Tia rubber, we are taking the rubber out of it. Hey, receive Tia rubber grace in Jesus' name. The days of removing, not, not removing anything from the, the material is gone. When you get it, it has been used for seven, seven years. Black rubber, it's in the black rubber bag. Receive grace to not have black rubber bags anymore. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. If it is original, if it is brand new, then it is sealed. It is sealed. When you take the seal off, it starts decaying. It starts getting spot. Is it true? You can buy a new shoe. It's in a box sealed nicely. When you remove it, you see that, and you remember you wear it, then you start, it starts it's finishing. It's finishing. Huh. Your spirit man is brand new. Your spirit man is sealed. It's complete. It's perfect. There's no problem. It's sealed. There's nothing from... So, let me, let me show you this verse. Then I'll say what I want to say, okay? Okay, it says, In whom, in Christ, you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you, you believed, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So as you are sitting here, because you believed, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is your seal. And the Holy Spirit is God. He will make sure there is nothing that not, your spirit man cannot be contaminated. Yes. You are sealed completely. Can you imagine? There's another one in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. He says, who has sealed us? God, who has sealed us? Let, let's read from verse 21 so that it just makes more sense. This is it. But it says, now he which establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. You are anointed. Can you imagine? Yeah. It says, God has anointed you. Yeah. Hmm. Next verse. Who has also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. So you have been sealed. Say, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. Say, well, I'm sealed. I'm sealed. By the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. So there's no sin that you will do that can contaminate your spirit. You hear what I said? Yeah. There's no what? Sin. That you will do. Yes. That you will commit. That will affect your spirit. Your spirit man is perfect. Your spirit man is sinless. Your spirit man is righteous. Your spirit man is complete. Your spirit man is sanctified, your spirit man is set apart, your spirit man is, re, is, is the result of the redemption. Yeah. Can you imagine? Now, what does sin do to you? What happens when you do something wrong? When you do something, you see, God is not looking at what you have done. God is looking at what he did in his son for you. 
Are you in the church? Yeah. Now, what does sin, does it mean that, you see, I'm saying that your spirit man, the sin cannot contaminate your spirit and all of that. So then, does it mean that from now onwards, freedom, 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 freedom. No, it's only someone who doesn't understand um, the dangers of sin who encourages himself to engage in sin. Because sin affects your soul and affects your body. That's what sin does. Just imagine if you are into stealing. You're a child of God. Your spirit man is sealed, complete, perfect, righteous. All of that. All the things I've mentioned since I started talking. Okay? Everything is perfect. And then you are into stealing. And you are caught. What do you think will happen? They will take you to the court. They will take you to the judge. The judge will judge you. You will end up in prison. So you'll be in prison. Your body will be in prison with your soul in prison, with your perfect spirit in there, in prison. I don't know if you're getting it. So sin, there are repercussions of sin to your body and to your soul. Someone is fornication, fornicating all over the place. Hey, my spirit man is not, there's no problem with my spirit. Please, 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 give me space. I'm, I'm, <laughs> my spirit man is perfect. Please, please, I'm, I'm a child of God. Yes, you're a child of God, but then HIV can come. Yeah. Yes. Some STI will come that will never go. It will affect your body. Yeah. Some heartbreak will come. The boy will use you uh, and then he'll throw you out. <laughs> and then your heart is so broken. You don't know what to do. That it has affected your soul, isn't it? Yes. All men are the same. Why is it like that? Why are you saying that? Because of how you allowed yourself. So sin is not nice. Yes. The wages of sin is death. That's the truth. And you, you don't want to become a slave to sin. The, the purpose of sin is to enslave you. Do you see? That's the purpose of sin. To enslave you. You get into drugs, it will enslave you. You can't help yourself. Child of God who can't help himself. A king who's supposed to reign in life by one, Christ Jesus, who cannot help himself. When I was coming, I saw someone drinking by the roadside. You know, drinking, just drinking. I was like, the guy is being controlled, you know, by. It, it, has, it has affected him big time. So you don't want to get into. You see, and, and you want your life to be an expression of what you really are in a spirit. One of the reasons why you shouldn't get into all kinds of things is because you, want, you don't want to live a lie. You don't want to live a lie. You want your life to be a testimony of what Christ has done for you. Or of what God has done for you in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll explain it some more um, later. But... I don't know if you are catching it. Say I'm complete in Christ. Hallelujah. Hmm. The next thing I want to show you is that you are like Christ in thinking, in his thinking, in your in, in thoughts. Hmm? I've showed you that you are like him in his nature. We are like him in his life. We are like him in righteousness. We are like him in, in completion. Have I mentioned faith already? Did I explain the faith side? I did. 
Eh, okay. Did I say all the things I was supposed to say? I don't think I did. So maybe I'll come back to faith. Okay, yeah. In thinking, can you imagine? First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. I mentioned this one too on Sunday. First Corinthians 2, 16. Look at this. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And it says, but we have the mind of Christ. Is this true? We have the mind of Christ. Can you imagine that you have the mind of Christ? As you are sitting here like this, you have the mind of Christ. <laughs> like I said, if we bring the test right now, it will be a problem. If you bring a test right now, it has X squared plus Y squared is equal to X, Y squared. The X, the Y, X squared plus Y, 2Y is equal to 2XY. Find X. Do you know the integral sign? There's an integral sign. Integral sign with X, X minus 2 on it. And then 2 minus 1, 2 minus X under it. And then, hey! I tell you. Functions is small. This integration and differentiation is very wild. Yeah. You can't solve complex mass, mass equations without learning about integration and differentiation. I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But I still find anyway. But the mind, you have the mind of Christ. Now, how is that going to show up in this mind? How is that going to show up in this mind? By looking unto Jesus. By repeating what God has said concerning you, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One. Look at it. But you have what? An unction. Can you show it to us? 1 John 2, 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One. He says you are anointed. The word unction is anointing. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. You know all things. See, I know all things. You know all things. Yes. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. He's talking to your spirit. Your spirit man has an unction from the Holy One and knows all things. So just as Christ knows all things, you too, you also know all, all things. Hmm? Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. Verse 7, sorry. Second Timothy 1 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. You don't have the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So you have a sound mind. See, I have a sound mind. You can never be depressed. But you'll be depressed if you keep looking on the outward. All the outward things, the things that didn't go well, how they treated you when you were a child, how your mother was beating you and insulting you all the time. If you allow the things that has been said concerning you over, the, over your life, over, over the years, to influence, if you keep looking at that, eh? Yeah. Your head, this is my daughter, the head is so big. I'm wondering who, who will marry her. Hey, this is my daughter. Look at how look at how she's cooking. Her food is not nice. I'm wondering if anybody is it the more they say those things to you, and the more you focus on what they are saying about you, they are just seeing they are just seeing your soul and your body. They are not they can't see what has happened to you in your spirit. Now, if you allow that that description of you to take control, you'll be surprised. That you become exactly what they have been saying all these years. If you focus on it, you become depressed. You don't know is life. Am I? Is my life gonna? 
amount to anything. Look at look at all this. I'm not good in school. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not. Meanwhile, God is seeing something else. God is seeing that you know all things. God is seeing that you can do all things. God is seeing that you are perfect and complete in Him. God is seeing that you can you 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 have a sound mind. God is seeing that you are you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in, in heavenly places. God is seeing. Look, what is God seeing? You must start seeing what God is seeing and start believing what God sees and says about you. I told you on Sunday that God is a spirit, and because He's a spirit, He only sees in the spirit. He's not seeing what is happening on the physical. He's not seeing how bad you are. He's not seeing how stupid you are. He's seeing you in Christ. He's seeing Jesus in you. That's what he's seeing. Now you need to start seeing what he's seeing. Start looking at what he's looking at. And start describing yourself by what he, or by how he describes you. And it's not a lie. It's truth. That is reality. Are you in the church? The other one is that we are like him in faith. The faith that Jesus has is the same faith that you have. Can you imagine? Yes. Same in faith. Galatians chapter 2. I don't know if I mentioned the scriptures. Did I? Galatians 2.16. Galatians 2.20. I meant surely just 2.16. Galatians 2.16. So let me. I was going to explain this. And then something came up, isn't it? Yes. I was going to explain. I was going to mention this. Then I started reading from Paul's problem with Peter. Do you remember? Yeah. So I didn't really get into it. Yeah. Okay, so now let's get into it. Says, no, so this is a preaching Paul preached to Peter. Yes. He withstood him. Yes, to the face. Why, why are you a Jew and know that we cannot live by the law and hence we have run to Jesus for salvation? Because living by the law cannot make you righteous. He says, we know that. So we who are Jews have run to come and come and we can't, we can't. We've run to come and come and find salvation in Christ by the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Are you seeing it? Now, let's look at it once again. Go back, please. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. A man is not justified or declared right by the works of the law. By doing things. You see, Romans chapter 3 verse 20 says that, For by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in the sight. There's nothing you can do to become righteous. There's nothing you can do to become righteous. It's not possible. To stand before God without any problem. It's not even possible. No, no, as you're sitting here, I'm even sinning. Your mere look is a, is a problem. The mind is not correct. As I'm talking to you, you have gone home and come, gone to this one. You have had sex with your mind already. Gone. You have done all kinds of things with your mind already. There's no way you can stand before God without problems. Only Jesus can qualify you. And that's what he came to do. He came to come and qualify you. So don't leave. Paul is saying, don't leave the qualification that he has brought for you free of charge. And go and go and take your own qualification. That's the problem. The problem is that a lot of Christians are trying to live in a certain way in order to be pleasing to God. Why are you living holy? You are living holy because you want to be pleasing to God. You want to be pleasing to God so that he can give you... 
He can give you some $20 million. He, can, he, he will answer your prayers. Your prayers are not answered because you are good or bad. Your prayers are answered because you are in Christ. That's all. Your prayers are answered because of one person. His name is Jesus Christ. Your prayers are answered because of him. You are accepted because of him. You are holy because of him. Now, why do we live holy? We live holy because that is our nature. Do you get it? Yeah. Not that we are trying to live holy so that God will bless us. No, the Bible says that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Why do we give? We are not giving so that God will give us so much money. We are giving because that is our nature. For God so loved the world that, that, that he gave. Our Father gave. Our God gave. Therefore, we also give. Are you getting it? Anytime you try to do anything to merit God's blessings, God's favor, God's goodness, you are in error. You are living according to the law. Like Christian can live according to the law. Fully. I'm going to preach on it in a, in a deeper way. The Paul was so happy. Like, why are you behaving like this? So he told him, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. We are justified by what? Did he say by our faith? No. No, we are not justified by our faith. We are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. It is the faith of Jesus Christ that makes us righteous. It is his faith, not our faith. I mean, we were so dead in sins that we couldn't even generate any kind of faith. So bad that Jesus had to give us his faith in order for us to be regenerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your faith cannot do anything. It is his faith. We are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Have you seen it? We are justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. Now, go to verse 20. Galatians 2.20. You see it even some more. Paul says, as for me, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I told you that we share his life. So as you are living now, it's Christ who's living in you. Jesus has an, an extension of his life through you. He lives his life through you. You remember I mentioned that Christ is our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. He says, for you are dead and your life is hid in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is our life? So your life today is Jesus' life. You don't have your life and Jesus has his life. No, you, you have one life. Your life is Jesus' life. And Jesus is living his life through you. You see, why are you not fornicating? You're not fornicating because Jesus is living his life through you. He didn't fornicate. He's living his life through you. He wasn't into uh, uh, stealing. So he's living his life through you. He wasn't into boozing. He's living his life through you. He wasn't lying. He's living his life through you. That's why I'm not lying. That's why I'm not doing some things. Because I'm conscious of the fact that Jesus is living his life through me. If you, if you try to do it on the other way. That oh, let me try. Let me keep myself. Let me not do this. Let me not. You, you fail. Have you, have you noticed how much you have failed? When you try to do, when you try to do it by yourself. Eh? You see, if I take this water and I keep it up like this, I can hold it up for some time, isn't it? But I can't hold it like this throughout the day. It's not going to work. Your strength to fight against sin can last for some time. Maximum one week. Maximum one week. After one week, it's going to come down. It will fall. It will fall. Everything will fall. You'll be surprised. You, there's no way. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't. 
I've done some before you to have done some. We all know ourselves. Yeah. You are better off counting on Jesus and focusing on what he is in you. He's the righteousness. He's my righteousness. Therefore, I can live the way he wants me to live. His life, he's living his life through me. The more you look at what he is in you, the better your life becomes. When you try to look at yourself, look at, your, look at yourself from the outward man, you'll be shocked. It ain't going to work. Haven't you tried it for a long time? <laughs> I'm crucified to Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. By Christ liveth in me. Then he says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. Not my faith. I don't live by my faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So my faith is the faith of Jesus Christ. And guess what? Jesus said, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. That is the faith that Jesus has given to us. Jesus has given to us the mountain moving faith that he had. The same faith he had. You can walk on water like Jesus walked on water. You can heal the sick like Jesus healed the sick. You can raise the dead like Jesus raised the dead. You can, you can do all of those things. Why? Because your faith, if you remember that your faith is not your faith. Your faith is the faith of Jesus Christ. It's a better, it's a better place to start from. You are struggling because you are starting from, I need to turn out faith. I need to, no. If you understand that his faith is your faith and you check what his faith did, you will know the potential of your faith. Faith is like an organ. You see, faith, faith is like eyes. You can't describe, you can't tell someone how beautiful the screen looks like if the person is blind. You can't say, the, the, the screen is nice, so see, wow. What color is this? These days, the color is a problem. It's, it's blue, and then what's the one that's going to what? It's magenta. Lila. Can you imagine? They say it's Lila. I tell you. I tell you. In, 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 if, if my life depended on it, I couldn't have even said it. If someone had a gun to my head and said, what color is this? I'll feel and then they'll shoot me. Hey! Lila. I don't even know. Lila is someone's name. That's what I know. I know that it's someone's name. Wow. So you are describing, you are trying to describe Lila to the lady who is blind. And they say, ah, look at the beautiful Lila color. It's more like magenta or purple. What I know is magenta purple. It's more just... And then the person, he, the person cannot understand what you're talking about. Why? Because the person does not have the organ, eh, the eyes, to be able to see and interpret color. Just imagine trying to tell someone how beautiful the, sound, the music is. Ah, Pastor Marilyn is singing a beautiful song. I love it. It's so nice. Wow. You are seeing all of that. The one who does not have is deaf, cannot hear. And so does not understand what you are talking about. Faith is like an organ in the spirit. Faith is an organ that you have that helps you interpret spiritual things into physical things. Do you get it? Yes. And that organ, it's like, if we say you don't have faith, or if you say it's your faith, it's like saying that your eyes is different from the other person's eyes. We all have eyes. We all have two, not four. If you have four, you're a witch. We all have two. We all have two. We all have two. Isn't it? Jesus had two. He's also given us two. So the the faith he had is the same faith he has given to us. It's called the measure of faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man, 
the measure of faith. It's called the measure of faith. Definite article, not a measure of faith. The measure of faith. The same measure that was given to you is the same measure that was given to me. And the measure that is given is the measure of Christ's faith. The measure is the measure of Christ's faith. So in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Peter said something. He said that I'm writing to those who have obtained like precious faith. Simon Peter, Simon an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Like precious faith. The word like precious is isotimos. That's a Greek word. Isotimos. And it's from the word isosceles. Iso is from the word I. Do you, do you remember isosceles triangle? What does isosceles triangle mean? A triangle that has the same. You see, you didn't go to the school well. You didn't go well. You didn't understand why we're going to school. Yes, but it's well. Don't worry. Christ is in you. Hallelujah. You have the mind of Christ. Yes, you know all things. You can understand all things. Yes, isos means same sides. You see. Timos means value. So he's saying that we have obtained the same like value, same size, same value, same quality, same ability, same everything like the apostles. So the, the, the faith that Apostle Peter had to raise the dead is the same faith that has been given to you. Yes. Yes. You see, with same faith is inside. Tell anybody, it's inside. It's inside. It's inside. It's inside. Now, all you need to do is to learn how to use it. You see, you need to learn how to focus. You have eyes, but you need to learn how to focus. If you don't learn how to focus, your eyes will become something. You need to learn how to listen well. You see, so our Christian maturity is learning how to use what we have. Not trying to get something. We are trying to use what we have. My last verse, Philemon chapter 1, verse 6. Philemon 1 6. Hallelujah. Philemon 1 6. Look at this. I, I, on Sunday, I'll start with this. I want to end with this and I'll start with this on Sunday. You know, Paul is saying to Philemon that I'm praying that the communication of your faith, the sharing of your faith, do you understand communication? The expression of your faith, the faith that you have in Christ, which is the faith of Christ, receives expression. Okay, and becomes effective. The communication of your faith may become effectual. Your faith becomes effective, produces results, result-oriented. How? How would that happen? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So your faith will become, will produce results and change things around you like it did for Jesus, when you start acknowledging, when you start remembering what is already in you, the good things which are in you in Christ Jesus. Which are the things I'm describing to you? When you start living your life, he says, start living your life from the things that are inside, the good things. What are the good things? The good life that he has given, the life he has given to you, the faith he has given to you, the righteousness that he has given to you, the righteousness, the mind of Christ he has given to you, the peace he has given to you, the sound mind he has given to you, the what? The health he has given to you. The joy he has put inside. When you start acknowledging the good things that are in you in Christ, your faith becomes effective. Receive grace to walk. 
in the knowledge of what is in you in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank God for what you have shared with you. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I pray for grace for you. I pray that the knowledge of God's will will be made open to you. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God for you. I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. I pray that these things will not become stories for you. I pray that these things will become a reality for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that every single thing that has you've been battling with, you overcome in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that every single battle will cease. I pray that you will know then you have the knowledge of the victory of Christ for you over all things that attempts to take your life. All things that attempts to dominate you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that you continually look unto Jesus who is the author and finish of our faith. I pray that you not take your eyes off. I pray for grace for you to keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Yes. As you behold, as you look, you are changed into the same image in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are blessed with all special blessings. This week you are favored in a very special way. And this week you see the goodness of God on every day of your life. This week your life will keep getting better and better and better. This week you have the best in life coming to you. This week money will be supplied to you in abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. This week lack is taken away from your life. Even in Jesus' name. You are blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.